Hi, everybody. Welcome to New Frontiers in Functional Medicine, where we are interviewing the best minds in functional medicine. And of course, today is no exception. I am once again here with the amazing Dr. Colleen Cutliff. We have a previous podcast we'll link to in our show notes, and we also did an incredible webinar together. And I just love picking her brilliant brain. Let me tell you a little bit about her, and we'll jump right in. So Dr. Cutliff is CEO and co-founder of Pendulum Therapeutics. Colleen has over 20 years of experience managing and leading teams in biotech, pharma, and academia. Before starting Pendulum, Colleen served as the senior manager of biology at Pacific Biosciences, which is where she met her two Pendulum co-founders. Prior to that, Colleen was a scientist at Elon Pharmaceuticals. She completed her postdoc research at Northwestern's Children's Memorial Hospital, got her PhD in biochemistry and molecular biology from Johns Hopkins, and received her BA in biochem from Wellesley College. Colleen, welcome back to New Frontiers. Thank you so much. Always great to talk to you. So we're going to jump in and talk about some new um, some new probiotic strains. Once again, you guys are cutting the edge. You're just bringing us new science. You're bringing it to, not only to clinicians, to regular people. But I want to just do a little love fest on Pendulum and bringing Acromancia to market because that's what, I don't know, really sort of got, I, I mean, I wanted to talk to you. I wanted to talk to you as a scientist and just as a, just as an incredibly courageous entrepreneur in, you know, figuring out how to, um, figuring out how to do it. So I just, just, if you can just snapshot the Acromancia story, and then that will bridge us into talking about some of the new revolutions happening over at Pendulum, that would be fabulous. Absolutely. Well, um, just taking a step back and talking about the microbiome, I think this is a incredibly rich new field of study where we're all using DNA sequencing to identify entirely new strains that were not identified before. Even just 10 years ago, we didn't know most of the strains that were in our microbiome. And actually, I might argue even now, today, we don't know most of the strains that are in our microbiome. Um, but what we're starting to discover is that there are a whole wealth of these different strains and functions living inside us and on us that play a really important role in our health. We've co-evolved with these strains, um, and it feels like we're constantly trying to eradicate them with our use of you know, antiseptic wipes, antibacterial soaps, antibiotics. And so I think it's really important to start to elevate, especially on the heels of a massive pandemic, what the important good strains are and good viruses are for our bodies. And so it starts with acromancia. And so sort of the snapshot of acromancia is that it is the only strain that you can find on the market today that literally lives in your gut lining. And it is there to make sure that the gut lining is regulated. And when you don't have a properly regulated gut lining, it shows up in a lot of ways. Um, insufficient metabolism, GI issues, increased inflammation, reduced immune response. And so we're starting to realize this is a keystone strain in your gut that was never known before. And we're starting to uncover a lot more roles of acromancia and the gut lining in overall health. Well, let me just add to that because, um, you know, we know acromancia is present in abundance in healthy centenarians. So not the centenarians, in fact, well, we can see that morbidity and mortality, you know, can be correlated or associated with a drop in acromancia. So we need this, we need this player around for the, for the long haul. And I just, I want to say beyond what you just said, you know, when you talk about it being such a regulating, a keystone player, it influences systemic um, health and it's, it's, it's essential to a intact, um, 
gut wall. It's essential to sort of regulating and rebuilding, just as you and I were talking about sort of this use and recycling, kind of keeping that um, wall just functioning and beautiful and, and how it should be. And when that breaks down, it's associated with really what isn't it associated with? What what condition, what medical condition that we confront isn't it associated with? I mean, I just was, I've been researching recently for my slides for the Institute for Functional Medicine, where I lecture on allergic disease. And, you know, just one of the, we're, we're, we're nailing down what starts the um, food allergy phenomena. And right there, of course, is intestinal permeability. And so immediately, you know, is one of our key interventions we need to use, you know, probably early on is acromantia. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I would say when we think about food allergies and how that's related to how our body metabolizes foods, it becomes clear how these things are connected. And I'll share kind of a fun stat with you that I just saw this morning, which is that we're constantly act, asking our customers of acromancia, you know, what are the health benefits you're experiencing? To your point, when you don't have a strong gut lining or when you start to have a strengthened gut lining, it shows up a lot of ways. And I just learned this morning that half of people who are on acromancia experience lower sugar cravings within 90 days. That's and I think that speaks to also this gut brain relationship of, you know, what you're eating can um, change your microbiome and can also change what you're craving, which just ends up being in the cycle. We've all experienced that cycle without needing to be a scientist, you know, oh, I crave bad foods, I eat bad foods, I crave more bad foods. And how do you get out of that cycle into eating better foods and just living a healthier, longer life? I think it's a really interesting cusp of new data that we're just sitting on now. It's absolutely extraordinary, and it's something that we can use. And then we're gonna we're gonna talk about the new stuff. I I assure I assure everybody, but just for a minute, because I, as you know, as I talked about on our on our webinar, I had a similar experience. I saw, I noticed my blood sugar dropped, and I talked a little bit about my history and my family history, and all of us sort of being on that um, cardiometabolic continuum in my family, and and talked a little bit about our history, you know, where we came from and the epigenetic implications. I think most people in the United States are, will, will march on that cardiometabolic continuum unless we're actively, actively resisting it. And I found that acromancia was incredibly helpful for me um, and definitely shifted my cravings. And um, to that point, I, am using it and regularly prescribing it. And so one of the one of the most challenging pieces that we confront as clinicians is the transition into a healthy diet, like those that first step. And what I used to do, and I actually still do it, but now we can use acromancia in, in, in conjunction is I, I I tell people, I advise them that they're going to do, they're going to take this weekend to detox. So they're the transit. And I talked to him about the transitioning of the guards, I call it like the transitioning of the microbial guards. So you've gone from the standard American diet or, or, or whatever dietary pattern that they're eating is that's not healthy. And we're going to move them on to a really individualized diet that we've designed here in my clinic based on that individual, their very specific needs. And that journey is going to massively change their microbiome. And I say, you know, give yourself a good weekend, binge on Netflix, get a massage, like really setting them up for success. Do whatever you want while you transition on that journey. And sometimes people will feel worse. Like I really try to advise them, but, you know, jumpstarting that journey with, I mean, we could go up to 90 days. You're saying that people noticed a reduction in cravings in 90 days. My experience has been that it happens sooner, but acromancy can kind of help 
that whole transition process, which, you know, we really haven't had a lot of tools for other than, you know, binge on Netflix, get massages, get some foot <laughs> massage, get some reflexology, do whatever, you know, buy yourself jewelry. <laughs> but exactly. yeah, it's an amazing tool. Yeah, I think it's, um, I love the idea of the jump start because you're really moving the microbiome and this is sort of giving your body the boost that can help it get there faster. Um, and you know, the 90 days is to your point, that's a, there's a spectrum along there. And we have a lot of people that are pretty healthy and eat pretty healthily that are taking acromancy. And so you might expect that if you really haven't had a very high fiber diet, and now you're switching to, you know, high polyphenols, high fibers, um, that you might experience a much sooner benefit of acromancy, or if you've, you know, taken a test and you know, you have low levels of acromancy, you might experience a boost sooner than somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a, there's definitely an individual component, but I, I'm certainly grateful for it. And just one of the other cool things I wanted to add, and then we're going to jump in and talk a little bit about, um, Clostridium and its ability to produce butyrate and all of the ma- amazing synergistic interactions. But the, you know, the fact that you were able to figure out, you and your team were able to figure out how to uh, produce acromancia. So if, for anybody who doesn't yet know, acromancia is an anaerobe, mean, meaning it has to live in, it survives in an oxygen-free environment. It dies upon contact with oxygen. And um, they just have a great story that Colleen shared with us on our first podcast, but they had to figure out how to do it themselves. There were no probiotic manufacturing houses at the time that they could hire. And so they took it on to do that. They spent oodles of research dollars and, and, and time and energy figuring, cracking that nut to stabilize acromancia and produce it in a, uh, in a capsule that's actually shelf stable and, you know, just really easy to transport. I was telling you that I'm packing to leave to Mexico tomorrow in the morning and gathering my supplements and acromancy is there and it's nice that I can just throw it in the suitcase. But yeah, that's just, it just, you know, it's badass of, of, of pendulum for doing that work. So thank you. Thank you. Well, like anybody who's endeavored to do something new, you don't really know when you get into it, what it's going to entail. Otherwise you would have never done it in the first place. So I think <laughs> that point. you didn't know, to be totally <laughs> yeah. honest. I didn't know it was going to be that hard, but I'm glad that we pushed through. (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good point, right? It's game changer. It's changed your career. It's changed your life, right? I mean, it really was a game changing experience. Yeah, you did not know what you were saying yes to. (laughs) Absolutely. And then also I would say our investors didn't know what they were saying yes to. So coming back to them being like, this is actually a lot harder than thought it was going to be. You know, it takes, it takes a lot of people to get behind an idea for it to actually come to life. And so I think the most rewarding part now for all of us who've been involved in it is seeing, and for you too, is seeing the benefit that it's conferring to other people and just seeing how much you can help somebody boost all of these issues that they've been experiencing and make them healthier. I mean, it's that's that's what we're trying to do. That's where we are now. So it's very exciting. It's really exciting. It is like next generation probiotics. And I've been paying attention to the field for a long time. And and it's just really, really nice. You guys are contributing to the science and to the expansion of this field, both, you know, from the science, scientific perspective, but also just, you know, right, what we're able to use in clinical practice. Okay. So with that, let's talk about, you know, you're continuing to think about, about species to introduce. And, and so, you know, what, what are you doing now? Who are you looking at? What are some of the you know, what, what's going on at Pendulum in, in, in terms of, you know, where you're headed and what we need to be thinking about as clinicians and as, you know, just regular people interested? 
Yeah, I think it's probably no news to somebody like you uh, or anybody who's been looking at the microbiome literature that the microbiome is an ecosystem. So sort of coming out with acromancia has been awesome and amazing, but acromancia is not a standalone character. Um, you think about a community, it takes more than one character to get that community going. And so that microbiome is no different. And so we think about what are other strains in the community that are working with acromancia as well as independently to also bring different benefit to the microbiome and to human health. And so one of the strains that we've been really starting to get excited about um, is Clostridium butyricum. Now, there is a famous Clostridium out there, the most well-known Clostridium of all, which is sort of a nefarious criminal of, of the microbiome world, Clostridium difficile. And it's most well-known for the infection that occurs when people have unchecked Clostridium difficile kind of growing in their, in their microbiome. It can cause people to become very ill. Ultimately, it's actually fatal. And um, some of the first microbiome interventions have been targeting this infection of Clostridium difficile. Um, but Clostridia is a species that has over a hundred different strains that have been identified, only one of which is Clostridium difficile. And so Clostridium butyricum is another strain, which uh, as its name uh, implies butyricum, it produces butyrate. And um, for us, it's super interesting because it actually works with acromancia. So acromancia can produce uh, these short chain, but let me take a one step back. When we consume fiber, things like inulin, they are metabolized by our gut microbiome into short chain fatty acids. And there's a bunch of different short chain fatty acids. Butyrate is probably the most well-known. Acromancia actually produces two short chain fatty acids called acetate and propionate. Um, and these two can be converted into butyrate. And so acromancia converts your fiber into acetate and propionate. And then uh, Clostridium butyricum converts that into butyrate, which has a bunch of health benefits that we can go into at any time. But the idea is these two things work together. And we found in our clinical trial that if you just gave butyrate producers and no acromancia, you saw some health benefits. But if you added the acromancia in, you saw even larger health benefits with regards to blood glucose spikes, um, as well as A1C. Um, and then we took that into the lab. We thought, oh my gosh, let's look at this in vitro. And sure enough, if you just throw acromancia in, or you just throw Clostridium butyricum in, you don't get butyrate production. But when you put them in together, all of a sudden they work together synergistically. And so this is part of putting the puzzle together of who works together, who's needed in order to have maximum efficacy. And so we're excited about Clostridium butyricum, both on its own, as well as, you know, in the context of this, this, uh, with acromancia. That's awesome. So I want to back up a little bit and make a comment on C. diff. C. diff, C. diff colitis, which definitely is, it, you know, is, is fatal. And, and although it's very treatable also, and, and we've ushered in the era of um, FMT, fecal microbial tr um, transplant, because of C. diff. But it's a phenomena. I mean, it's an I iatrogenic phenomena. I mean, it's because of antibiotics that this massive overgrowth. So it's, it's to your point, it's left unchecked. I mean, most of us have uh, probably a handful of, of, of C. diff hanging around, but it's, it's, it's just absolutely well-controlled and a healthy gut. It's, it's a non-issue. It's once we damage the microbiome, once we damage that synergistic interaction, you know, that, that we can, you know, just confront terrible, terrible and fatal diseases such as C. diff colitis. So it really illustrates your point, C. diff overgrowth. And, and, you know, and it's, yeah, it's kind of a fallout of modern, of modern living. Um, but I just love the elegance of um, acromancia producing the food, acromancia acting on the fiber, producing the food, 
for the Clostridium butyricum. I mean, it's just so cool. And this is happening, you know, just interactions all over the place. And for you to see that, to be able to demonstrate that, that essential synergism, you know, in the lab is also awesome. It is really cool to see that. And I think that we have known for a while that the diversity of your gut microbiome is a strong indicator for your yes. overall health as well as healthy aging and all of that. But I think yes. we haven't really understood that's sort of a blunt ended tool, like, oh, you need a lot of diversity, but now it's getting down right. to why do you need that diversity and what kind of diversity do you need? So the whole field is just getting more sophisticated. Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It is. And it, and when I first, you know, we, as I, t- I shared in our last podcast that it, the laboratory I completed my my postdoc training at released the first um, you know 16s DNA stool analysis back in the day and and um, we were hoping for those interactions we were hoping to be able to have some insight that you're sharing with you know with me now like what 15 years later or something but it took a long time <laughs> and we still as you opened up our podcast with we still know we don't know a heck of a lot um, and all right, so what else in this combination? I mean, are you thinking about other species to add to the Acromancia and the Clostridium butyricum? Yeah, I mean, we have um, a bunch of strains that we've been looking at. I mean, pendulum glucose control has five different strains in it. Um, and so we're constantly, and we know that those have benefit for people with type two diabetes. Um, and so we're constantly looking at what are the you know deeper dive into how are these strains really interacting with each other and what other similar strains might be out there that we're looking into. And so I think this is um, part of, you know, one of the interesting things that we've observed, which is with our customers, um, pendulum glucose control, which is pretty pricey. So, you know, $165 to $195 a month for that. Um, that's but let me that just we- say, I, I mean, I'm sorry. I just want to give a shout out for people who are anxious about the price. I, of course, I understand, and it's prohibitive for some for some people. But they did a, an insane amount of R and D. I mean, and so you, ha- you you sort of had to walk through that for a little while. I would imagine there was no other way around it. Absolutely, and I think that you know, creating a product that you could show clinical efficacy in a d- disease state for us was a really important first step in just establishing a foothold in the space. I think coming out with the same old stuff that everybody else is doing um, is, is not an interesting business to me. And I mean, at the heart of it, I, I wanna discover new things for people. And so I think we needed that, but I would say this, I mean, I understand out of pocket, that's a lot of money a month. And I also think that there are a lot of people who are trying to manage their the way their body metabolizes sugars, but they don't have type two diabetes. Um, and so uh, we're super excited because one of the things that we learned from our customers is that they could take lower doses of the pendulum glucose control and still get all of that benefit. And in particular, if you have prediabetes or obesity, or you're generally healthy, but you're trying to reduce uh, your blood glucose spikes, that you could, some people could get away with just agarmancia, but some people could get away with a much lower dose of pendulum glucose control than we used in the clinical trial. And so we've actually just released metabolic daily which is not just for people with type 2 diabetes. It's literally the exact same formulation. It has all the same strains, the acetate, propionate, butyrate producers, acromancia is in there, but it's all at a lower dose, which is really intended for anybody who's trying to improve the way their body metabolizes sugars. Um, and it's at a $49 price point awesome. because it's a lower dose. So very excited to help. I mean, the whole point of this is to be able to help people 
with their health. And if the price is prohibitive, we're not doing our jobs. And so I'm really excited as we progress our manufacturing capabilities, as we understand what is the dose effect for different people, um, yeah. we can start to create products that people can actually bring into their lives day after day. And it's not, um, you know, hindering on their wallet. And so uh, I'm I'm really excited about that because th- that's that's actually how we'll be able to impact health. Woo-hoo. And it's a massive drop. It is. It's a massive drop. And then, I mean, as people get better, they should be able to transition off of, or many, perhaps not all, but transition off of glucose control anyway. Yeah. I mean, this is a terrible, terrible thing for me to say as the owner of Pendulum, but I, but I, it's true. I mean, if you are able to modify your diet um, to provide the foods for these strains, you should be able to get them to colonize. You don't have to be on the product forever. Um, And, and that's a, a way to, and then, you know, everybody kind of goes through cycles. And so then as you feel like, yeah. okay, I've reduced my polyphenol and fiber intake, I want to get a little boost, you can come back to it. But, you know, I think a, a good diet and exercise and nutrition and all of that is key to sustaining a healthy microbiome. Along with craving control, and we we, we need to talk about the other strains in this product, but along with um, craving control, you know, people have lost weight. In fact, you know, I would argue that it was the one variable that I had changed that helped me lose a little bit. I didn't, I, I didn't really need to, but it was just, it just, it shifted how I was eating. Like it was, it, it, it perhaps it influenced satiety a bit for me as well. Yeah. Just, I think that's ahead. a really interesting thing because you probably have seen all of the, um, flurry of interest in Ozempic, you know, there, there are GLP-1 uh, drugs that have been used for people with type 2 diabetes. And one of the things that those GLP-1s do is they reduce satiety. And as a result of that, people experience weight loss. Well, acromancia and the pendulum glucose formulation in its totality stimulate GLP-1. That's actually um, why we got interested in the whole mechanism of action. Our chief medical officer was actually the chief medical officer of Amlin Pharmaceuticals. They developed the first four GLP-1 products to bring to the world. And so he's like a huge rock star um, in the space. And so we know that this is a way to increase GLP-1, but it's naturally, and and you're also not taking a drug away from people who actually need it, who have diabetes. But I think that that whole pathway and the importance of GLP-1 is continuing to be elevated, not just for people with diabetes, but people who are trying to manage how their body metabolizes sugars and improve their satiety. Yeah. Arguably, we're all marching along this continuum. I mean, really, the statistics are are astonishing for, you know, the number of us on the cardiometabolic continuum. I mean, as I said in the beginning, I think unless we're very intentionally putting effort into not being on it, our path is towards high blood sugar, et cetera, and all the associated fallout. And I think that we can't rely on Ozempic and the GLP-1 agonists. Like we, and we don't, and we, and and we still don't know long-term use for those drugs. So as, as miracle as they are, and they're ex- game-changing, they're extraordinary, the, we need to be thinking about alternatives that are, you know, without question, safe for long-term use. They're part of our own, you know, our own microbial colony in a, in a healthy gut. So it's, I think this is really essential work. Absolutely. And I think to speak to the whole weight loss thing, you know, you probably know, we don't talk about the weight loss thing very much at all. And um, this may be more the, the purist in me and less of the salesman in me. I know everybody's looking for a quick way to lose weight, 
But that's the problem. I think that there are so many different ways that people try to lose weight rapidly that are extremely unhealthy. And so I don't want to harp on the weight loss part of it. I want to harp on the healthy microbiome and the function of these strains for folks. And once they're on it, they can experience all these benefits. But I think if we talk about it as kind of a weight loss pill, it takes away from actually the importance of having these strains in your microbiome. So yes, we do have a lot of customers um, majority of them, in fact, that have experienced weight loss and reported that back to us. But I think the thing to really focus on is what are the things that are missing in your microbiome? What are things that as you're aging, you start to become depleted in and how can you bring them back into your system to experience better digestion, better metabolism, better immune responses, reduced inflammation. And then all the ways that that shows up are benefits that every individual experiences that are, that are kind of different. You know, though I have, you know, I, I appreciate not wanting to dwell on weight loss. I absolutely, absolutely appreciate it. But what you're showing is that it's gut mediated. You know, the obesity epidemic that um, this problem of willpower, et cetera, you know, just sort of blaming the individual um, is sourced to the gut. And I think, you know, the literature, scientists have been you know, pointing towards that. I know some very interesting sort of case reports looking at fecal microbial transplants and sometimes gaining weight with this change and sometimes losing weight, probably more often the latter, losing weight, but just showing really clearly that you radically change the, the microbiome uh, for better or for worse, you can absolutely change metabolism and, and you're just really more granularly teasing it out. And I think it can bring relief to people who've been struggling, who've spent a lifetime struggling with weight issues. I think the cravings is a, a really important part of the story. And, you know, I think that's yeah. something that that's why that's one of the questions that we ask people to, to share back with us, because I agree with you. This is something that people are blamed for you don't have the willpower, you don't have the discipline, it's your fault. And the fact is that um, we, none of us has the willpower. These bugs are actually helping us have that willpower. And so yeah. I think that if you can start to give yourself more of these tools, uh, the whole gut brain axis is a, a whole new world that can help us understand how do what we eat affect our mood, affect anxiety, stress, cravings, all of these things. And so again, you know, this is, it's not uh, something we really understood. And so then I think the tendency is to blame the individual. Um, but we're starting to uncover what are the things that are driving these, these emotional and, and uh, you know, these desires. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Talk to us about the other strains involved in, um, in the product. Okay. So there are actually five strains um, that are in the formulation of glucose control and in the formulation of metabolic daily. Um, there is, of course, we've talked about acromancia, um, mucinophila. Um, there is Clostridium butyricum, which we've also talked about. Um, there's also another clostridial strain, Clostridium bejerinki. Um, and this is also a, a strain that helps produce butyrate. Um, one of the things that we don't fully understand is why do people have such diversity of strains? If you were to look across, you know, 10,000 people, they could have, they could all be healthy and they could all have different strains, but they actually have very similar functions in those strains. And so there's probably something about individual microbiomes that allows people to grow certain strains and not other strains. And we just really don't understand what's going on there. So we included two of these strains that basically perform the same function in order to understand, are there certain people who have an uptake of Clostridium butyricum versus Clostridium bejerinki? Um, 
We have Bifidobacterium infantis in there. This is the only strain that actually we don't produce, and you can actually find Bifidobacterium infantis in, in lots of different products. It's quite well known to have a bunch of health benefits, um, including short-chain fatty acid production. Um, and it's actually one of the first strains that shows up when you're born. And so um, I, I think that understanding, to your point about the immune response, understanding how things that we experience in our childhood in the microbiome affect us later in life is important. And, you know, I've shared my personal story about my daughter and what got me into the space um, and thinking about kids and how we can help shape them for healthy lives and not these chronic illnesses. So, so Acromancia, Clostridium butyricum, Clostridium beterinchi, um, Bifidobacterium infantis, and then Anaerobacterium halai. This is, um, and all of these strains, except for the Bifidobacterium, are all strict anaerobes. So we've had to grow every one of them ourselves. They have this wow. problem of not being able to grow with any oxygen around. Um, and so Anaerobacterium uh, halai is, is another one of these. And it's also been shown to play an important role in metabolism. Um, I would say we know probably the least about that strain and so still learning more about it, but healthy people have a vast abundance of it. Um, and we know that um, it helps to contribute to glucose control. Have you looked at them at their synergistic interactions as a collection? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that we were most interested in, of course, was what's the minimum viable product in order to uh, uh, be able to help help people with type 2 diabetes when we came out with this product. And so both in the lab and then also in our clinical trial, we were doing subsets of these different strains. And we also did preclinical work where we did subsets. We even did things where we included the prebiotic inulin, took out the prebiotic inulin, and so trying to understand how do these things function together. And at the end of the day, it really was the composite of all of these five strains with a small amount of inulin, which is used to feed those strains um, that had the most benefit. And even when we went into our clinical trial, um, which is a pretty expensive thing to do, um, we still were trying to figure out, is the minimum viable product just butyrate producers? And what we found was if you just increase your butyrate producers, yes, that's helpful, but it's the entire consortia that actually benefits. Um, and, and they really are working together in this multi-step biochemical reaction to metabolize fiber into butyrate. Why do they normally select strains for products? It doesn't seem like there's as much attention to the interaction. I mean, you're describing something that I'm not sure I've really encountered in product design. Is that true? I mean, would you know? I mean, well, I think that first of all, every other probiotic that's available to consumers today is using the same strains that have been available to us for, you know, for 50 years. Yeah. And so I do think that they've been studied in combination by themselves, but I mean, they're just all lactobacillus and bifidobacterium. So there's only so much diversity you can get in function. As we start to explore this new world of microbiome, we can start to understand how do these things interact with each other. And so um, I think that in microbiome science and certainly academic publications, people are constantly thinking about the consortia and fecal microbiome transplants sort of the ultimate right. consortia. Right. Um, and so now it's sort of, how do you take that the kitchen sink and start to pull out what are the things that are actually working together to benefit. Um, but it's a lot of work. It means you have to understand the entire, you know, genetic composition of things. We've been doing DNA sequencing since the early days. We have never released a diagnostic test because we spend so much money doing deep sequencing. We're assembling genomes. We're understanding how do these genes interact with each other? Therefore, how do these strains interact with each other? And really mapping out the microbiome and using that to select what are things that actually work together to help with, you know, a known mechanism of action. Um, and that's really the, 
deep science that's going into creating the next generation of probiotics. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. So there's just, there's only so much tweaking you can do when you're dealing with the the aerobes, the ones that we've been using for so long. But since you developed this technology to be able to actually produce anaerobes, um, you know, and plus your commitment to the science of interactions, it's not just, you know, building product after product and hoping for the best. It's actually really intentionally designing those products. Yeah, it's Very like cool. we've been cooking with corn and water, you know, uh, for the last hundreds of years. And all of a sudden now we're introduced to sugar and salt and pepper. And so I think that all of a sudden you have all these new combinations. You're like, oh, these actually fit together. We just didn't have any of those tools until recently. That's so fascinating. So it really must be exciting in your company when, you know, you've got, you got a new, a new chunk of data to, to review and explore and see what's happening. And I know you're working with polyphenols as well. You're interested in polyphenols. And you, I'm sure you've looked at polyphenols. Like, you know, maybe there's some suggestions that you've identified for how people should eat to kind of support these strains. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you've probably been saying this for your entire career, but certainly foods that are high in fiber are really important, but foods that are high in polyphenols are also super important, specifically for supporting acromantia growth. And we actually looked at a wide variety of polyphenols uh, and how they interact with our acromantia strain. And we released a combination of um, pomegranate, grapeseed, um, and uh, uh, pomegranate, grapeseed. What is the third one? It's a combination of three of them that actually help support our acromancia. Um, it's going to come to me later and then I'm just going to shout it out like somebody with Tourette's. But anyway, um, yeah. it, that work with our acromancia to support it, because I think that you can get polyphenols, of course, from a pill, but there's also a ton of amazing foods that have them too, like dark chocolate and red wine and all the things that we want to have in our diets anyway. So um, it is it, it is really about the prebiotics, the foods that feed these strains um, and then enable them to really produce the postbiotics, which are the small molecules that are helping confer all this benefit. So what's next? Is there any, is there any, and can you share with us any of the, anywhere, any of the future, you know, where you guys are, are thinking about going to continue to evolve the science? I mean, I know this, this wasn't in our agenda to talk about, but I, I mean, I can't help but think about it, you know, with all of the data that you're mining and the clinical studies that you're doing and, you know, this big picture forward thinking kind of revolution that's happening in, in Pendulum. Yeah, I think there's a few things we've been thinking a lot about. Um, one of them is, well, of course, we're always thinking about how do we make these products more accessible to people? So Metabolic Daily for me is a yes. very exciting product because it's definitely making it more accessible for people to be able to get access to these. Um, we also are thinking about how other supplements that have data behind them that show improvements um, in not only in blood glucose control, but other health benefits, how they might be interacting with the microbiome. And, you know, we sort of think about like, oh, vitamin D is doing this over here and chromium is over here doing this and omega-3s are here. And then there's the microbiome, but how do these things all actually fit together? And is there a way to combine them to actually get, again, this synergistic effect? So we've been thinking a lot about what are some of the other credible clinically supported supplements out there that are not so obviously involved in the microbiome that might function well with these strains? Um, and then on the other side, we talked a little bit about food cravings. I think this is a fascinating opportunity. I think that when we think about 
cravings and um, how those affect our, um, our our behaviors and then how those things in turn affect our mood. I think yes. this is really important. And, you know, I think we all know that coming out of this pandemic and now living in a pretty deep recession, um, it's a time in which a lot of people and even young people who are just starting to come out into the world and experience their first jobs, this is a time of a lot of stress and anxiety and ultimately, you know, depression. And if there's anything that we can do that's targeting the gut microbiome to be a new tool for these individuals, I think that is a really compelling health initiative to go after. And so we've really been focused on metabolism and of course, you know, how to, to battle that pandemic in the world. Um, but I think trying to understand how can we help impact mood is the next big health issue facing that the world is facing. So, and 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 the funny part is that your metabolism and your mood are actually intertwined through your microbiome. And so um, I think this is a really exciting new space. Oh, it's such an exciting new space. It really is. And it's very, it's it's essential. Um, And I'm really happy to hear that you are, you know, thinking about it and sitting at the, at the front of it. I mean, I know we, I have the podcasts on, you know, psilocybin and, um, you know, some of the other kind of cutting edge interventions, but we know that the gut plays a massive, massive role. And I don't think that that nut has been, has been quite, it hasn't been as cracked as it needs to be. So I'm really glad to hear you're going into that space. Awesome. Well, Colleen, Dr. Cutliff, it was awesome to chat with you and um, really glad that the, pro- the new product is out and that it's affordable. Um, so glucose control. So there's the acromancia that I've been taking for a long time. Where's my bottle here? Um, and this is, this is shelf stable, but then there's the glucose control, um, and then now you've got metabolic daily, which is like less than half. It's like a quarter of the price, a, th- a third of the price. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's amazing. Less than a third. Amazing. All right. Well, you know, bravo to you over at pendulum. And I just want to give you a moment. Any, any, any last thoughts, any, any, any words to leave us with? Um, well, I am always so grateful to get a chance to talk to you and love our chats and i excited for people to get a chance to try the new products. Uh, we have a discount code, um, which is CARE20 for 20% off the first bottle of any membership. Um, and you can buy our products at our website, pendulumlife.com. But we also sell on Amazon, Walmart, Target, all of those different marketplaces if you are shopping for a bunch of other stuff and you want to add this to your cart. Um, and so again, I think for us, we've been doing all this science. We've been kind of nose down in the lab. We've come up with these products. And now the big challenge for us is how do we get these into everybody's homes? How do we educate people? So my ask for everyone who listens to this is to share the information out, help us really bring this to the world and um, share back with us what benefits you're experiencing. Awesome. Awesome. And you also have a clinician um, wholesale account available for folks as well, right? Yes, we do. So if you are a clinician, um, we have a whole separate portal for you to go into and you get access to um, information that's helpful for you and your practice, as well as um, uh, different kind of bulk um, ordering opportunities. And I know we did great. I know when we did, we clinicians were really, really excited about our last couple of conversations. So in the show notes, folks, will be our last webinar. It'll be a link to the discount code. It will be access for professionals for your own, for your portal. And just all of, you know, some of the cool stuff that we've been talking about today will be in this portal. So Colleen, again, thanks for joining me. Thank you.